WPLA North Syracuse, WSGO Oswego, W249BC Mattydale, W261AC Oswego, WTKWHD2 Bridgeport, ESPN Radio. All right, I got a few questions. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Uh, should I step uh, out of the room? Excited. You guys are like the yin and the yang of sports talk. <laughs> you know I'm a basketball guy. I love basketball season. Everything Why? is amazing. I'm on the owner's radar. It's never good. Not fun. I'm a little surprised you agreed to do this knowing that Paulie's part of the show. He's bound to do something every show that just makes no sense at all. <laughs> Buddy, open look at a three. Got it. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Pauly Sebelia. Stephen Fonte, Pauly Sebelia back with you here on a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. Again, the Hall of Famer Jim Beheim set to join us coming up at 1.30. Feel free to check in with a phone call, 315 315- Four three seven seventy six forty four. So we, we didn't really get to uh, what I what I was going to start the show with, Paulie, which is you know now that they've addressed the quarterback position and the depth at that position, um, you know what are what else are the the glaring needs uh, for this team? And and I think for me it it starts up front on both sides of the ball. They, you know they're essentially losing their defensive line. Offensive line continues to be an issue. Uh, depth at that position continues to be an issue. I, I think for me. Um, and I know they have a lot of needs. I think uh, outside of the quarterback spot, though, um, it, it really starts up front. Yeah, I think they need depth at the offensive line. I, I have faith in uh, Tony White's defense, so I'm not as worried on that side of the ball. Maybe receivers. be nice if they could get into the portal and get receivers that can get separation. And offensive line depth are my, my two biggest issues. Yeah, and you know they're they're going in the portal. You know, looking at receivers, they've got you know C.J. Hayes, who's who's scheduled to come uh, to visit Syracuse from Michigan State, and you know we we discussed this on the show yesterday. I think you had already left by that point, but you know Tristan Jackson, of course, did the same thing, went to Michigan State, and wanted a change of scenery, and came here, and and things worked out well for him. And we saw Amba Atao do that from from Maryland. Didn't get you know a whole heck of a lot in the way of. Uh, you know, of snaps at Maryland, and he comes here and you know has a has a breakout year, uh, you know, and ends up playing pro football. So, um, you know, it can be done. Now, it, it, the offense seems to be changing to some degree, right? It's it's not uh, at least we don't anticipate it's going to be as up tempo as uh, as maybe it once was under Dino Babers, especially with Sean Tucker back there. And I I know there's going to be more of a priority placed on running the football. Uh, with Sean Tucker than uh, you know than in past years, you know we saw what what this this last year looked like. You know Sean Tucker, you know carried the load uh, for this team and and for this offense. So I I don't know you know if you're a receiver, does it scare you away to some degree that you know that Dino's you know future is a little unclear. We obviously know he's coming back, but is he here for the long term? Does that scare you away? And does the you know does the the change in offensive philosophy scare you away? Uh, the fact that they ran the ball so much this past season, you got a new OC coming in, a new quarterbacks coach. Um, we'll, we'll have to find out, but I, I think you're right. That, that was an issue certainly last year, whether or not receivers could get open. Um, they need to find some guys that can create some separation. And, um, you, you know, again, that, that that's where I think the portal comes into play. You want a guy who's got a few years of college football under his belt, uh, opposed to necessarily relying on a true freshman to come in and make an impact right away. 
Yeah, and Steve, the the receiver position, you know, if Dino Baber says, hey, we're going to run the ball, it should have panned out this way yesterday, and this may be the offensive line's fault, the receiver's fault, the quarterback's fault, all of their faults. But Sean Tucker should make the passing game easy. You, you know, having having a running back that good in your backfield, you, your passing game should improve just because yeah, he's but, there. Right. Theoretically, <laughs> yes. But it, it guys did. have to be able to get open, yes. and your quarterback has to be able to get him the ball. And and both of those things were issues. And your offensive line needs to be able to block for right. said quarterback to give him some time. So, yes, theoretically, you're absolutely right. A, a, a good running game should open things up in the passing game, but that was a problem last year because you had a quarterback who was so inaccurate and so inconsistent when it came to delivering the football. You had wide receivers that had a hard time creating separation and getting open, and you had an offensive line you know, that at times had a difficult time giving your quarterback time. So it was not a good combination in that way. So, yeah, I, if I'm a receiver, maybe I could say, you know what, Syracuse, ultimately its offense is pass. You know, it may not be pass first anymore, but Dino Babers will throw the football. And, well, they have to. I mean, yeah. you have to be able to yeah. throw the football in yeah. college football, which is why finding a competent quarterback is so important. And, and there's no number you know, one. Garrett Schrader may be that guy, but at the end of last year, he was. You know, he was not that guy. You know, he was his inability to deliver a good ball on a regular basis hurt this team. And he did a lot of great things with his legs, but his defense is caught up and caught on to what Syracuse was trying to do week in and week out, it made them very easy to defend. As you said yesterday, they became one-dimensional. And you you can't be one-dimensional uh, this day and age in college football. Yeah, and if you're also a transferring receiver, there's no number one guy. You know, nobody right. separated themselves. So you can come in here and right. be there's the no guy. There's no Taj Harris. Yeah, right? you can you be know? the guy. Yeah. Right, That's and that's a fair point. Uh, there's, no, there's no doubt about that. I know you've said, too, you know, if you're a tight end, would you be hesitant to come here? And I know their track record isn't great, but with that being said, you've got a brand-new offensive coordinator who's going to, again, theoretically bring in his own way of doing things. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm intrigued by the hiring of, of Robert and I and what he was able to do at Virginia and BYU uh, and and Jason Beck too, who's you know had success with with quarterbacks and mentoring quarterbacks uh, at his other stops as well. Um, I'm I'm interested to see what they can do with Garrett Schrader, Dan Valari, and you've got two guys who played at you know major major Division One college football programs, one in the SEC, one at Michigan. Um, let's see what they can do with these guys, and now you've got a couple of options to go to, and and as we said yesterday, let the best man win the job. Yeah, and hopefully the best man can complete a pass. Or more than is that, five. Is that asking too much? <laughs> no, it's not. The bar has and, been and, set and again, so low for success at the quarterback position after last year. Yeah, Hell. Right. And again, th that's the exciting part, too, because you mentioned Sean Tucker. Like, as good as he was and as good as he is, um, if you can can find a quarterback who can take advantage in the passing game, and maybe it is, you know, maybe it ends up being Garrett Schrader, but it wasn't last year. Right. I mean, in terms of the passing ability. So, you know, if you have a quarterback that that can be consistent passing the football, now you got something on the offensive end. We should mention about Tucker, by the way. Uh, Tucker has officially joined the indoor track team. Um, I exchanged a couple text messages with a member of the uh, the SU communication staff, uh, and he will indeed uh, make his debut tomorrow uh, in the sixty meter dash. 
Uh, I was told that he he won't necessarily be exclusive to that event. He may, he may or may not be. He's obviously a sprinter. He's going to start with the 60, and and they'll kind of take it from there. So, uh, that, you know, Sean Tucker, he's always run track. He, the last year was the only year that he didn't. Um, you know, he did it all throughout high school. That You know, he would transition from the football season into the indoor track season, and he's doing it again here at Syracuse, Pauly. Two-sport athlete. Yeah. Hopefully he doesn't pull a hammy or anything. Knock on wood. I think he looks at it as it helps him get ready. Keep in for, shape, yeah. Yeah, to keep in shape and helps him with his speed. And, um, you know, I, I think he looks at it as a, as a good thing, not as a risk. Uh, all right, let's take a time out. We've got uh, we got to get to our first guest on the other side. Neil Adler, editor of Inside the Loud House, joins us on the uh, other side. We're uh, back after this. I was yeah, just going to say, I'm going to be annoying today, Steve. It's a okay. very heavy Bayheim-oriented day on QSportsTalk.com. Jim Bayheim joins us at... 1.30 right here on Orange Nation. Buddy Beheim tonight at 8 with Jordan. Jordan and Buddy Beheim. That should be interesting from 8 to 8.30. Quite the pairing. And then 8.30 to 9, Gomez and uh, Coach Jim Beheim will do the Lee Baldwin Q&A on QSportsTalk.com. So it's a very it's a very Beheim day on QSportsTalk.com. So if you got questions for Buddy or Jim, 8 9 o'clock today, your chance to ask them questions. I just want to go back to something you said a moment ago. You said, I'm going to be annoying today. Why did you specify today? That was just curious why you felt the need to. That, that hurt. That was a sharp. Clarify. That was a sharp. Hey. Burn. <laughs> I owe you for last week. I owe you right. for the way that you treated me at the end of last week. All I right, had let's a take a time out yesterday, Stephen. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. You'd be yeah, out for good for you. You'd be in, yeah, you'd be okay. an ICU with a morphine drip. <laughs> good for you, Paulie. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Paulie's familiar with you. Paulie's taking you all the way to three o'clock. Ugh. Mario Sacco will join him from two to three. Thank God. Get rid of me after uh, after right. one more hour, Paul. Uh, 315-437-7644 if you'd like to check in. Uh, we've got uh, we've got a half hour before we get to the Hall of Famer, Jim Beheim uh, at 130. Our producer, Jordan, still in studio. Uh, Jordan, what do you have for us this segment? I hope it's something better than the pork chop bowl. Not that I didn't appreciate that, but. It is. Uh, what do you got for us this segment? It's not better than this email I just received encouraging us to call Coach Beheim on his cell in 25 minutes. That always makes my day. But it's another one of my uh, 2 a.m. rabbit hole social media segments, but this time it's a little more relevant. So last night on the Instagram of ESPN, there was something posted by Mina Kimes, and it was essentially post your weirdest sports take that you actually sort of believe. So I want to run some of them by you guys, and we can do it buy or sell style. So you either buy or sell the take. And then after the segment or during, I want people to call in with their weirdest Syracuse sports takes, they believe. The first one, Steve, it's going to be right up your alley, and this was Mina Kimes' own take. Buy or sell this take. If the Bills want to get the most out of Josh Allen, they need to build a dome. Well, I think any any quarterback's going to be better in a dome, right, than playing in in Western New York. I, I would not be in favor of that. I would I would sell that what? for a lot of reasons. I do think. What, what do you mean? What? I mean, you asked my opinion. Yeah. So if there is a quarterback built 
to play in the wind and the rain and the snow, and that was one of the reasons that they drafted him. It's Josh Allen, big, strong kid with a with a rocket for an arm. Um, if you build a dome, you also, in my opinion, lose out on the home field advantage this time of year, and that's the hope, right? Is that the Bills, you know, moving forward here, they're they're going to be hosting hopefully a lot of home games in the coming years when it comes to the playoffs. And you want to have that home field advantage where they got to come to you. You're built for it. You know how to win in those conditions. Um, now, you know, I don't know how much that's going to come into play against the Patriots because they play in, in these cold conditions as well. But if, you know, if the Chargers had won last week and we're talking, you know, Bill's Chargers, you know, that that makes a difference. So um, I, I don't I, I'm not buying that. Um, I, I think the Bill's are in good shape with Josh Allen and the new stadium. And, uh, you know, if it's, if it's built and I assume it will be built, um, I'm, I'm not buying that Polly. Yeah, I agree. Cause it could, no matter who the quarterback is, you could say that, right? Jim right. Kelly would have been better if he was playing better. in the dome, sure. right? You know, yeah. Absolutely. Dumb take. Any quarterback's going to be better in perfect condition. Yes. The Bills have been in limbo with rebuilding their stadium and everything, so it kind of makes sense. Remember, people were saying they were going to go to Austin a few months ago? Remember that? They, they were going to Toronto. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they're going to make this happen. There's no way that city's going to let the Bills slip away. They, they'll, they'll make it happen. Bills, Pats, tickets this weekend as cheap as $40. And I hear with DraftKings hammer the over promo, that total is down to 31 and a half. Just saying. On to the next take. The NBA should do a dunk contest after one overtime to determine the winners, or the NHL should get rid of the shootout. You can't have one league doing one thing and one thing doing the other. Which of those would you rather buy? No shootouts in the NHL or an NBA dunk contest after one overtime? So I watch a lot of soccer. Uh, both my kids play soccer, as, as you know. Uh, you know, Emma uh, graduated and she's off to college. My son's still playing soccer. He plays it year-round. I hate, hate the PKs after, you know, they play they play one sport for two hours and then the sport changes to determine the winner. Um, I, I don't like the NHL shootout. So I, I would say of the two, for me, it's a no-brainer. I would eliminate the NHL shootout. Yeah, and you couldn't do a dunk contest because that's that's like based on a person. That's an opinion. You can't lose a and game I'm not on saying an the opinion. Other one's a good idea. You know what I'm, I'm saying? saying? Yeah, I'm not. I'm with you, Paulie. I'm not saying that one's a good idea. But I would, if I had to pick one of the two, like I'm, like, I'm getting rid of the shootout mobile, in, in, in the NHL. There's mobile yeah. apps to bet games now. If the dunk, the dunk guy, the <laughs> dunk judge, just needs to bet on the game. You're right. What yeah. a stupid yeah, you idea! You can't do that. It's, it's subjective. These aren't just yes. dope. These are dopey, dopey, dopey ideas. You want to hear my dopey idea that I've always thought was a thing? I do. All right, I you got to hear this. This is one that I think would work. I'm afraid every NBA team should hire one of the Harlem Globetrotters to be on their roster. So at the end of quarters and games, if you need a three-quarter <laughs> court shot, you've got a better chance than with another player. <laughs> And he could it could be like a hook shot. Too. Yeah, he just cut. You just sub in the the Harlem Globetrotter <laughs> at the buzzer. That's he amazing. could kick it in. He could kick it in from three quarter court. That's actually very uh, very similar to another take on here. Did you have something else to say, Paul? No. What do you think? I like it. It's along the same lines of every NFL team should hire a seven footer just to block kicks. What do you think about that? 
There's a lot of guys on those rosters. You can't get one seven-foot guy. These are ridiculous. You're ridiculous. I think mine's the best no, idea I so far. I wouldn't, I wouldn't waste a, a roster spot on a seven-footer to block kicks. Okay. The next um, two are actually really good. Yeah, go ahead. I promise. The next All two right, are go good. Go ahead, Jordan. What do you think about this? The NFL should only allow three punts per team per game, just like timeouts. And that way, you can only use your punts sparingly. No. No. That's sweet. What are you no, talking about? That's awesome. Why would you mess with the best sport going? More you know, going for it? Everybody's going for it anyway with analytics. Steve, back me up here. That's fun, right? That's fun. That would be fun if you're playing like Madden. Like if you're playing yeah. with your friends, that would be fun. Um, I, I don't know as if I want to see that on Sundays with the real games. Je- um, Jeff in their which chat is has like, a great idea. What, what's, 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 the, uh, what's the idea? He says that every NHL team should hire someone from my 600-pound life <laughs> and just put him in a goalie. <laughs> I like it. That would work. Why couldn't you just put somebody that covers the whole goal? Like Jabba the Hutt. Just slide him out on the ice on his... <laughs> On his throne and put him there. Okay. You have to knock a wall oh, down. This is ridiculous. You have to knock a wall down in his house not every a bad year. Idea. That's a good yeah, idea. It's not a bad idea. Get him out. Not a bad idea. This is the last one, Steve. I think this one's kind of a tried and true hold on, hold internet on. cliche. I'm not done with this. So I just pictured that the Zamboni gets like a forklift on it also, and they just carry the goalie out and plop him in front of the goal. Why wouldn't that work? <laughs> It's not like you got to be an athlete if you cover the whole thing. Can someone in the Q Sports Talk chat please do some research dude, and figure probably, out why they don't do that? Dude, it'd probably catch him in his mouth like a seal. Like they're Oreos. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to go to the last one, and then I do want people to call in 437-7644. Give me your own wild Syracuse sports takes that you believe. But if you guys say this one's a bad idea, you guys just have a vendetta against me. All Olympic events, right? You should have one just average Joe, like Paulie or myself, or not Steve, you're an athlete, but just one average person to compete in all the events alongside the Olympians, just to put into perspective how good these people are at what they do. Yeah, let's put an average guy on the luge. What a stupid idea. Go shooting off to his death. No. <laughs> you, if you don't get how good athletes are at their jobs... No, no. That's a great idea. No, it isn't. Now, if they did average <laughs> Joe Olympics, where they had every average Joe competing against themselves in Olympic events, I would pay to watch that. Can you imagine how funny it would be watching the 400-meter dash? Everybody finishes, and then the camera, gonna say that. Right. the camera pans. Like if you've got a 100-meter dash and, like, you know, Usain Bolt, and you've got, like, seven sprinters, and then, like, Paulie's the eighth one. <laughs> like, would Paulie... Would Paulie get to 50 meters by the time Usain Bolt got to 100? No, I like, would no die. Chance, right? I would die yeah, halfway right. through. Like you, you can't do. You that. wouldn't make it halfway by the time Usain Bolt's crossing the finish line. Yeah. No, I would. That, I that's would, a funny one. I would Jordan. still I would be. That. I would still be pulling. Like I, I would be stuck in the in the starter thingy that they stand on. My trip over my own feet. You would. Uh. You would. You're getting a call, Paul. You would be. Uh. Just stuck on the track, just uh, squash like a bug, right? But luckily, you'd be able to get removed quite easily. Only if you call Bugs Be Gone, though. If you Hold need on. help, I just thought I said that. Dude, you can't, you can't cut off Bugs Be Gone. So you're in the middle of a basketball game. It's the end of the third quarter. 
now coming in for the Chicago Bulls, Curly. And he kicks the ball in from half court. I'm in. He only has to practice one shot. Everybody else is running plays and practicing. Curly. Isn't Curly a stooge? He's not a globe shot. throwing the ball. It's not even a globe shot. It's yes, only it, three no, stooges. It, 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 Curly Neal. It, Curly it, Neal he, is. He it. is. Yeah, he, I don't think he's, I don't think he's uh, uh, still alive, but I. Um, but like the rest of the team's running plays and he's just. Different spots yeah. on the court from behind half court. Here's cuts. the problem, Paulie. Here's the problem is that when Curly checks in uh, with five seconds left, don't you think the other team's going to know? Don't let him shoot the hook shot from half court? Yeah, then you got four open players. What do I get? Up? <laughs> okay. No, I like I like my idea. People in the Q Sports right, Talk well, if chat. If you ever own an NBA team, you can bring that to the table. I'm being accused of some heinous things in the Q Sports Talk chat. I liked this bit. I do. I do. I but I would I think average Joe Olympics would be better than having like average Joe compare compete again. You get like two weeks to practice and then you gotta go out and do the event. I would rather watch that than, you know, someone get their ass kicked by uh, a real athlete. They're this up. is a this is a topic for like the second week in July. Like this, right? This is one of those like summer topics. I think this was fun. What if you hired a guy who, you know, like there's like one out of every 10 million people can't feel pain. What if you took that dude and you hired him to be on your bench in baseball and just put him up there when you need a base runner and he just takes one to the dome or to this side? Like Corbin Burnson in Major League. Yeah. We should ask Coach Bayheim his thoughts on this average Joe Olympics thing. I think he'd love that. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think we're going to do that. I think we are. Can I redeem my one question? I would like to watch like a, an average person try and like synchronize swim or ice skate. That would be hysterical to me. I'll put you all out of your misery. You know who uh, aren't average Joes? The good people over at Bugs Be Gone. Because if you need help removing pesky pests from your home, or workplace. Those are the people to call and you can get more information at bugsbegone.biz. Of course, that is bugsbegone with two E's, just like the bug, just like I do to Steve and Paulie every day on Orange Nation. And two is how many hours this segment has felt like it's gone on for Steve. I'm sorry, pal. Bugsbegone.biz. Because Little League does this. Like, Little Leagues are cheating all the time. Like, they bring in like 50 year olds to play. Was the guy the... named Danny, whatever? Almonte, yeah. 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 Why can't you just try and do that in real, like, real sports? Or you put up, uh, you know, some kid who's like three foot eleven and have him draw a walk because yeah. there's no strike zone. I like it, Jordan. We put Jordan on All the right. Yankees, Mister Walk. Let's, I'll do it, Mister Walktober. Uh, <laughs> we've got uh, Jim Bay. I'm set to join us at one thirty. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> This is Orange Nation. Stephen Fonte, Paulie Sibilia back with you here on a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. Time for our weekly visit with Jim Bay. I'm brought to you every week by Oswego County Mutual Insurance, by IBEW Local 43, and by Lee Baldwin and Company. And, uh, Coach, you know, we've spent a lot of time this year talking about defense and uh, looking for for strides and looking to make improvement. That second half against Pitt on Tuesday 
Uh, you know, you said afterwards, best uh, defensive effort of the season. What do you take out of that performance? And, uh, you know, do you think that's something that we'll see more of moving forward? Do you think the guys are starting to figure it out on that end? No, I'm not sure. I think it, we've had flashes of defense. Uh, Pittsburgh helped us. They they weren't uh, uh, really effective in what they were doing. And when they did get shots, they missed them. So it's one game. It is an improvement. It's something we've got to keep doing, continue to do. But, you know, uh, I think offensively we've been getting better as well. And uh, Pittsburgh's a good defensive team. And we really, uh, I thought, played probably one of our best games offensively in terms of efficiency. So, uh, again, overall it's one game and we're happy with the progress. Coach, it was one game and you were talking about the defense. What what did the defense do differently, though, that in this game that, you know, that made it better? I just think we're a little more active. Uh, I, I thought we moved better, um, got to the shooters better. Uh, the first half, the same shooters made shots. The uh, second half, I think we got to them better. And, uh, you know, we're, we're there more. So I, I think it was just overall uh, a better movement game defensively for us and something that we have to continue. Uh, the offensive end coach, uh, you know, Buddy really got it going right from the tip, made his first four threes, finished with 24 points. Uh, what led to some of those clean looks? Because, you know, obviously you know better than anyone. He doesn't need much space, but when he gets a little bit of space, more often than not, it's going down. Yeah, our big guys, Jimmy and, and Cole, really, and, and, you know, Frank, Jesse got him open a couple times. That won't happen again. Teams will see that, and, you know, they, they won't let that happen again. Um, but, you know, when he's being pressured that way, other guys have to take advantage of it. Uh, they're playing our perimeter so difficult, so tough, uh, that, our you know, our, our forwards have to take advantage of it. Our center has to take advantage of that. And uh, But we, Buddy's not going to get open looks. You know, it's nice if it happens. We're trying to get him those looks, but he's not going to get them. And so he has to continue to do what he's doing and, and uh, get to the basket when he can. But, you know, the game was in doubt. You know, with an 18-point lead, everybody thinks we should substitute a lot. Uh, it wasn't too many years ago. We had a 22-point lead with four and a half minutes to go, and we made just two changes and kept three starters in the game, and the game got down to a two-point game. You know, if teams are pressing you, you you have to make sure you have the people on the court that are good and can handle pressure. And we haven't been good against pressure this year. I think we're getting better. Uh, but we're not going to make changes there. And people wondered, you know, why John Bowe played. You know, in practice every day he was the best forward uh, who is not a starter. It's It's clear that our starters are – pretty clear who's starting uh but john played the best in practice out of everybody else and so he deserves some time it's very difficult for somebody from the outside to determine who should play when they don't watch practice that that means practice is irrelevant if you think that way practice is very important Sai has been better in practice and he got more time and played well um, and John Bowles been good in practice, so that that's how that happens. And uh, you know, we we strictly want to play the guys that are playing the best. Period. I was going to ask you about Samir uh, since that's you brought him it. up. Played twelve yep. minutes, and, and he's yep. he's doing some nice things. Uh, you know, what, what do you? Is it, it seems like he's more comfortable out there. Is it, I mean, is that part of it? You know, finding you know a new team and a new system, and now sixteen games in, he's starting to kind of figure out his role. 
Well, it's still, you know, he didn't play at Marquette, so it's not like he played a lot and then he's coming here and not playing, you know. So he's getting used to playing, number one. Um, I think he's really helpful in some of the things he does, and I think he'll continue to get better, and that's important for us. Coach, you mentioned the subbing and how fans aren't at practice, and that's normally one of my favorite railing points is that we're not at practice, so we don't know why. But, you know, what goes in into your subbing patterns? Like, is there ever points where you're, you're, you're going to experiment or willing to experiment with, like, hey, this isn't working right now. Maybe I should try someone else? You know, I like to have, I like this job. I've had it for a long time, Paul. Yeah. And I've had it because I play the best players. I never have experimented in 46 years. And I certainly am not going to start experimenting now. That's not the way you coach. That's not the way you do anything. Anybody in any line of work that just tries an experiment is not doesn't know what they're doing. This isn't a chemistry lab. Yeah. That's a fair answer. But it, that is the most asked question we get is why isn't so-and-so playing and why not and just the, try the, the reason is because I play the best players based on what I've seen in games and practice. And there's nobody that deserves more playing time on our bench based on games or based on practice. Samir started to show some things. That's going to improve his his standing. When Frank played well, he played more. That's the way it's been here, and it's always the way it's been here. And if you're not playing well, you know, I can't just put somebody in the game hoping something might happen, you know, and it could John Bowe hasn't played at all. He could come in and help us. But you have to earn that. And when John has played better, as he has lately, um, that's why he got some minutes the other night. He was fine. He did he did all right. And, uh, you know, but that's the way you, you, you coach. You, you don't just put people into the game. It's, just, it's not the way you do it. It's not fair. It's not fair to anybody on the team. Last one for you, Coach, as you look ahead now to Saturday. Uh, Florida State team you've already seen once. Uh, they're coming off of two wins. They beat Louisville. They, they beat uh, Miami the other night in, in uh, you know controversial fashion with a couple of free throws in the final second. What do you take from that first meeting as you get ready for the rematch with the Seminoles? You know, we made a good comeback down there. We didn't play well for most of the game. We were behind, but we made a good comeback, got the lead, and then we struggled to hold on to it at the end, but we did. It was a game could have gone either way. Florida State's really good, and uh, that's the way the league is. You know, it's it's every game is going to be like that the whole year. Everybody's pretty good, and you have to just try to keep playing and get better, and that's what we're trying to do. All right, Jim, as always, appreciate the time. Best of luck Saturday. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you. All right, there he is, uh, the Hall of Famer Jim Bayon, brought to you every week by Oswego County Mutual Insurance, by IBEW Local 43, and by Lee Baldwin and Company. Speaking Call of it. Lee Baldwin and Company and Coach Bayheim, tonight on QSportsTalk.com, following our very own Jordan and Buddy Bayheim at 8 o'clock at 8.30, you can do a Q&A with Coach Bayheim about whatever you want to ask him. You can ask him why he doesn't play players. And, you know, he'll answer. So it's his Q&A brought to you by Lee Baldwin and Company right here on QSportsTalk.com from 8.30 to 9 tonight. I got called Paul. Right. You did. You did. Was that was I being scolded? Because I was trying to make my question 
as if it were coming from the fan base. But I- from the fans, yes. I, I think you, you cleared it up with the follow-up. You, you, you cleared it up with the follow-up. Um, like my mom yes, called I mean, me yeah, Paul that, when she was mad. At I was going to say, yeah. Well, yeah, I told you, you are, you were for a while. You were in my phone as Paul, um, <laughs> but it just, it didn't seem right. I had to change it back to Pauly. So, and you know, it's uh, so funny event. is everybody in Q sports talk noticed that too. It was like, Paul, Paul, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, uh, you know, when my mom would call me Stephen James, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, Stephen well, James. well, yeah. Well, Paul, you idiot. Uh, I don't, nobody does their job that way. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. You, you cleared it up with the follow. Thank you. Um, all right, let's take a time out here. Phone lines back open. 315-437-7644. Uh, two o'clock. You're going to want to stay tuned because we've got Scott Hansen, host of uh, the NFL's red zone coming up at two. And then Cooper Watson from busting brackets will join us at two 30. We're back after this on ESPN radio.